Hi, I'm Jackie Schneider. I am a Hoover Fellow at the Hoover Institution at Stanford University and a non-resident fellow at the Naval War College's Cyber and Innovation Policy Institute. And I'm here today with my friend and co-author, Dr. Erica Borgard. Thank you, Dr. Schneider. Um, so I'm Erica Borgard, really excited to be here. I'm a senior fellow at the Atlantic Council. Um, and Jackie and I have worked together um, on a number of uh, co-authored projects. And so we're really excited to be here today talking about the SolarWinds hack. Yes, and Erica was actually my boss on the uh, Cyberspace Solarium Commission. So I'm gonna let her take the first hack at explaining what exactly the SolarWinds hack was. Thanks, Jackie. I prefer colleague, but I'll take box. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so Solar Winds. It's um, the latest and greatest in the cyber news world. Um, and basically, what happened is that Solar Winds is an American IT software company um, that uh, it turns out has been used ostensibly by Russian government affiliated threat actors, even though President Trump is still maintaining that it may be China. Um, to gain access to what seems like a number of different U.S. government agencies' networks, along with private, se private sector networks. Um, and it seems to be that they have used this to steal um, what could be really sensitive and important information for their own um, intelligence objectives. So and I think so the yeah, One of the important ahead. things that Erica is uh, doing when talking about this is being very careful about her language, because while this is maybe one of the largest espionage, uh, not just attempts, but successes in recent history, maybe ever, it is not a cyber attack. And Erica and I think that is really, really important distinction. I mean, Erica, I don't know if you noticed, but Chris Inglis actually, um, who was a commissioner on the Cyberspace Solarium Commission, um, actually said that this should not, that this is not the norm and that we should treat it more like an attack. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I guess I find it a bit frustrating um, and maybe that's because I'm super pedantic and nerdy, but I think that what we call things matters. Um, I think their policy and legal and normative consequences for how we describe things. And the reality is that um, it doesn't seem like at this point there has been any sort of disruptive or destructive effect as a result of this operation. It seems to be for espionage purposes and espionage for national security reasons. So the United States likes to define some types of um, sort of information feeling as bad and outside of the norm, and that typically falls in the realm of cyber-enabled intellectual property theft. This wasn't even that. This was straight up national security espionage. It's something that all states do, including the United States. And so I think that we put ourselves in a bit of a tricky situation if um, we start to say that this type of behavior is outside of the bounds of um, acceptable, not or outside of the bounds of appropriate, not to mean that we should be happy about it. There are things we should do to try to prevent this from happening and reduce the consequences and better defend ourselves. But the reality is that this is an intelligence operation and all states spy on each other. Um, yeah. Know, Jackie, what do you think? Well, I, I know that in one of the articles that we wrote about this, um, somebody accused us of just saying, um, just to defend forward harder. Um, <laughs> and I want to take that on a little bit because I think uh, Erica and I really do agree that 
deterrence of espionage doesn't work, but we are believers actually in strategic deterrence. And we believe that strategic deterrence can keep states from taking this information and turning it into some sort of violent attack against US civilians. But we also think that there's a new verb that needs to be used more often in cyber strategy, and it is degrading. And we think that Defend Forward is um, a way that states can, at least the United States, can better use counter cyber operations to make organizations like SVR, GRU, um, less capable in cyber. And so you're not deterring these espionage attacks, but you're actively degrading their capability every single day. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. And Jackie, you've done some great work on thinking about thresholds and how we need to perhaps define other thresholds in cyberspace beyond that one sort of strategic threshold where there could be violent effects or really significant um, effects. And the reality is that I think the challenge for the United States exists in that space below the threshold of violent effects. Um, but even e even below that threshold, we need to further distinguish, as you've mentioned, you know, national security espionage versus other types of um, sort of disruptive or malign activities that don't rise to the threshold of sort of strategic cyber attack, but are nevertheless um, important and, and areas where we would want to establish international norms against those types of behaviors, right? So as distinct from cyber enabled espionage. Um, so Erica, one, one question, we have 30 seconds. You have 20 seconds with Biden in an elevator. What do you tell him to do about solar winds? Build back our networks better, right? We need, the most important thing is to have confidence in the integrity of our federal networks for the government to be able to function, like do its business as usual. And so that's the priority at this point.